0: Hello there. My name is Dylan Johnson, and I am the co-host of The Box Office Show, What you're about to listen to is our episode from July 23rd, a few weeks ago, as of the release. It is about Thor 11 Thunder. I would like to apologize for the microphone quality of my audio. Uh, There was some kind of an issue during the recording process, and for whatever reason, my audio is, for lack of a better term, pretty shitty. So uh, just bear with us, and I hope you enjoy the show outside of my shitty audio quality thank you
1: hello there you're listening to the box office show i'm ryan hill
0: and i'm dylan johnson today we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend
1: we're also going to be reviewing the fourth installment to the thor franchise thor love and thunder To start out with, Comic-Con is going on as we speak this weekend. So some of the news that's come out of there, we can talk a little bit about it. So of the trailers that have come out in this past week, which of these have you seen? We've got... Only John Wick 4. Okay. (laughs) There's House of the Dragon, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, Dungeons and Dragons, Halloween Ends. There's a new Black Adam teaser, and there's a John Wick 4 teaser. And you saw just the John Wick one.
0: Yep. Were any other ones worth watching?
1: Uh, I mean, depending on how interested you are in House of Dragon, I think you're like done I'm with not. Game of Thrones. But I watched that one. I watched the Shazam one, which looked pretty fun. Um, Dungeons and Dragons, I also watched, um, which I have no connection to that, like the lore of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looked pretty amusing, and Chris Pine is in it, and I like that guy. So, yeah, I, like uh, that guy I didn't too. see. Say what?
0: I like that guy too.
1: I know, he's a cool dude, cool dude. So, yeah, those ones uh, I watched, thought they were pretty good for the most part. Um, and also the Black Adam teaser as well. I think it was better than their the actual full trailer that they had released.
0: That's why. But,
1: yeah. In terms of other announcements, with Avatar The Last Airbender, we we never reported on it, but apparently they had come out because, you know, Avatar Studios, they have that new thing over at Paramount, and they're going to create new things Uh, new series uh, and they even talked about creating new movies and so they had said they were going to come out with three films one focusing on avatar Kyoshi, one on korra one on zuko but turns out at least part of that wasn't true the very first film that they're gonna do which will be hitting theaters apparently in 2024 is gonna be focused on avatar and the rest of the gang so, which is a good move because I don't know why they would start out with, um, a pretty much a side character from the original series, mm-hmm. Avatar Kyoshi. Um, that would still be cool for them to explore, but definitely if you're gonna try and launch, like, theatrical animated films, you would want to start out with the most recognizable one. Um, so yeah, you looking forward to that?
0: Hell yeah! Nice. I didn't know about it until just now, but I'm very excited now that you said it.
1: There you go. Uh, we also have some other announcements come out, Walking Dead, which is not quite over yet, still limping along in their eleventh season. But we have gotten word that Andrew Lincoln and Denai Guerrera, who play Rick and Michonne, they will be returning to the franchise in a limited series that will wrap up their characters because for whatever stupid reason it's not getting done in the actual Walking Dead series, of which they were one of the two principal characters. Rick, certainly the principal character. So mm-hmm. that's a bit odd, but at least they're going to be able to come back and finish it out in some way. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then we also have with Marvel stuff, their actual panel presentation thing is going on again tonight. But uh, they did give some updates on their projects. I Am Groot, an animated little Disney Plus series. Spider Man Freshman Year, another animated series, which will not be a part of the MCU, actually. We were, when it was first announced, everyone was wondering, okay, so is it going to be like showing Tom Holland, his Spider-Man's freshman year? Turns out, no, not at all. Yeah. So, yeah, and they have other announcements I'm sure that they're going to come out with. Uh Maybe too early to get a Black Panther trailer, but maybe that could be something they release um, mm-hmm. at the tail end of Comic-Con. But yeah, as for right now, that is what we got.
0: Yes, sir. And now we can move on to the box office breakdown for July 15th to the 17th, coming in first place. Unsurprisingly, Thor 4, it made 46 million. That is a 68% drop from the weekend previously, and is now at 510 million worldwide. What do you think, Ryan? Success? Happy?
1: Well, it could be doing better. I mean, this drop is in line with what Spider Man and Black Widow and Multiverse of Madness did. Um,. So it's not like crazy out of the ordinary. Marvel certainly nowadays is getting much more front loaded. I'm hoping, as we will see in the third weekend, that it'll be able to grab some stable legs. But it's not. (laughs) No, I hope. Well, yeah, hopefully Nope won't cut down its legs. But we'll see because after Nope, there's nothing else for the rest of summer until Black Adam. So, yeah, hopefully it'll be able to rake in some money from there. But. Yeah, definitely not going to be able to get like 900 million. We'll see if it'll be able to get 800 million. I don't know. That that stuff is in question now, which is sad. But sure. for you, your film Minions Rise of Gru, 26.8 million in its third weekend, now at 550 million. How are you feeling about your little yellow friends?
0: I'm feeling good. I wish it was a little higher, you know. I feel like it's not on track to cross a billion, which is upsetting, but you know, maybe 700 or 800 million mostly
1: we'll and you don't get there.
0: Yeah. After that was where the crowd Sing thing was 17.2 million, more than I thought it would make.
1: I know you're a little hardcore on it. You got to remember it is the number one best-selling book of the past like 2 years. It's like, been on the best sellers list consistently that whole time. So, yeah, it did have people that wanted to go out and see it. Um and it's already I think like that weekend, plus this past week, it's been able to make back, at least on paper, its budget of like 28 million. So cool. good for them. After Bravo. that, Top Gun Maverick still hanging on, 12.2 million. Christ. An absolutely crazy performance. It's over 1.2 billion now. So that's insane. It's within the top 10 domestically, and it's still going to try and climb up there, see if it can get to the top five at 700 million domestic. It'll be close. I don't think it'll be able to get there, but you it's never know. Crazy.
0: It's so it's still
1: crazy. a stunning performance either way.
0: After Top Gun was Elvis with 8 million.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's holding on really well. I think it already crossed the 100 million mark. So good for them. Uh, after that, Pause of Fury, which debuted this past weekend, it uh, flopped 6.3 million. Not great. Yeah.
0: Uh, the Black Phone, 5.3 million.
1: Jurassic World Dominion, 5.1 million. Falling down the list since Universal decided to put it on Peacock and on PVOD. So what is your thought about that? Depressed. <laughs> I, I mean, it wasn't going to hit a billion, I don't think, yeah. either way. But they really,
0: it could it have gone at least much the closer. <laughs> yeah. They really messed it up. I don't know why they did that. I wish we could track those those premium video on demand numbers, but so clearly they're still making money off of it. It's just I'm not for <laughs> exactly. this stupid thing, stupid stupid thing. After that was mirac- Mrs. Harris goes to Paris with two million. Mrs. Harris goes to
1: Paris. Indeed, and rounding out the top ten, Lightyear one point four million, and this marks a special occasion. It is the first time since the beginning of the pandemic. That the entire top ten, each film was able to make over a million dollars. So look at that. Woo. We've come a long way. So we're work, everybody.
0: Cool. We did. It. Nice. Now we can do our box office predictions for the upcoming weekend from July 22nd to the 24th. The only thing coming out of note is nope. The projections are between 45 to 55 million. I'm gonna hit it right in the middle and say 50.
1: Fitty? Yeah, I'll Fitty. concur. I'll say it'll get uh fifty million as well. I think we nice. can do it.
0: Alright, we can move on to our main topic of discussion, Thor, Love and Thunder. Now, Ryan, you are a big Thor fan. Am I? You really aren't you? Or are you not? I don't know if I'm
1: especially a Thor fan.
0: I thought you loved Thor. I thought Thor was your favorite.
1: No. So Certainly not my Thor. favorite. I like him for sure. I mean he's one of the top ones if we had to make a ranking in a list uh partially because he's like an og avenger um but yeah i mean i i enjoy him i wouldn't say he's crazy one of my crazy favorites i wouldn't say that i was ecstatic going into the film i did like the premise the idea of bringing in jane uh her getting to wield the hammer Uh and the two of them basically having to work together even though they're exes and having to navigate that i like the idea of that, so that was something that piqued my interest, but yeah, I don't think I was over the moon anticipating Thor four.
0: Yeah. I thought it was gonna be bad and uh my expectations were met. I did not think it was very good. I did not laugh very often. I did not feel like it took itself seriously and I just did not feel any weight to the screenplay. Which is very sad because it ends on a very heavy note or at least supposed to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, That's my overall impression.
1: I agree with pretty much everything that you said there. Nice. For the way that they go about this, they try to make it very silly, very comedic. Like Taika Waititi, he likes to put that in a lot of his stuff. Um, And then sometimes he's able to balance that out with the heavier stuff, and he's able to make it work so that You get this nice spectrum of feelings. You get to have a belly laugh. And then within the next 10 minutes, you could be on the verge of crying or being very caught up in suspense, things like that. Uh, In this film, I don't think that balance was met at all. Um, And I think they definitely detracted from each other. Mm -hmm. Like, as you pointed out, you didn't laugh very much. I didn't either. And in my uh, audience that I was with, I think I heard two audible laughs where some like had to open their mouth and actually laugh. Um, beyond that there's not much which is crazy because there's a lot of jokes that are thrown in here Did you they try to be very what? silly yeah um, and then that can impede whether or not you get invested in the other stuff because as you said it's not trying to take itself seriously for so much of the time that when it does veer into that sort of territory you're sort of always anticipating either a joke or something to undercut it um, and we'll talk about it that you know heavy note that it leaves off on um i think they did a disservice by having similar beats of that where they do fake outs in the rest of the film which by that point you get to the end and it being such a silly thing you don't really think they're going to go go there and do anything heavier consequential um and so you're not really like primed to feel whatever they want you to feel at that point mm-hmm. so yeah it's a it's a tricky thing i think they Wanted to go very fun and silly for a lot of it. They wanted to also include um, some other, like darker, serious moments, like especially with Gore, the villain. I also think they wanted to use him to input some very creative set pieces, which I did think was the strongest part of the film. Was like, that whole black and white section? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think ultimately it had shining moments to it but not enough and not consistently to where it was that much enjoyable.
0: Yeah, that was pretty bad.
1: Mm -hmm. All right, so let's dig into the meat of the film, get into what actually happened, Um, and we'll be doing spoilers now. So if you haven't seen it, go see it. You might enjoy it. There are folks that really do just enjoy getting to go in, turn their brain off, have some silly fun. Maybe the jokes will work for you um, You in a way they did for us. If you have a more ytt sense of humor um but yeah so it opens up with gore that whole thing but we'll get to that i want to talk about it a little later with the guardians of the galaxy stuff
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know it's featured prominently in the trailers and they're only really in it for 10 minutes if that yeah um so how do you feel about that because well, i sort a of joke it was a big it, joke yeah it sure were was all
0: just a big joke and like when you watch guardians of the galaxy one and guardians of the galaxy two it is funny but it also knows when to take itself seriously because they're like a family unit it's about them becoming a family and so there's a lot of tension in their relationship and in this one they're just goofy and i'm not interested in that i'm just bored by it and hey. i like it
1: yeah that to me there were two things one i had the question of where's gamora wasn't she, if I remember correctly, like at the end of Endgame, didn't she end up going with them or something? No,
0: she ran off. The whole oh, point ran. of Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is that they have to find Gamora. Ah. There is no Gamora.
1: Interesting. And then the other one was they, they like bring up Thor's adventures with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And as much as I had said, like that premise of Thor 4 of, you know, dealing with Jane um, is very interesting. The Asgardians of the galaxy, like that, also seemed like it would be a very fun and interesting uh, story to go on, which we'll never get to see. And so, just to have us like gloss over that at the very beginning was sort of unfortunate, because then we're left with the the potential of what that could have been, instead of it being like a footnote, a little thing that gets narrated over by Korg. Uh, So, yeah, that was a interesting way to start it out. Um, Then we get to the character flaw, the dilemma that Thor is going through, this crisis he's having that will need to get taken care of by the end of the film, his philosophy on love, he has closed himself off because so many people close to him have died or gone away, and so now he doesn't want to feel anything at all, and it's a very familiar, I mean, sort of theme, the idea of it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all, so basically we're just going to explore that throughout the film, uh, which I think is fine, I mean, I think it can work. Yeah. and certainly they've like done enough setup for that of why we would truly believe that thor would be someone who would get to that point where he's gonna just close himself off um, and then he gets that advice from uh, star lord to just like hey even though it sucks you want to feel these feelings instead of feeling nothing at all um but thor at the moment that's his philosophy on love we're going to see him try and get out of that throughout mm-hmm. the course of the film yeah. um and so, I thought that was an okay like thing to put things on.
0: I mean, it's very um, simple. Yeah, it's, it's basic. I think but... that it would be easy to nail that concept because you could take that theme and you can stretch it pretty far before it becomes something that isn't good. I mean, it's a very simple theme and it's one that you can nail pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they still missed the mark. You think so? I think so. How come? it's cause it never takes itself seriously. It, I mean, the whole movie is one big joke. They never really nail the theme of like lost love. It's just, they, they hit the beats. Sure. Like they, they do what they're supposed to do, but because it doesn't take itself seriously, those beats aren't emotional. How can you, how can you tell a story about the greatest emotion of all love without any emotion in it? So it falls flat.
1: Right. I suppose so. Um, what do you feel about Jane and her reintroduction, reintroduction? She now has cancer, and so we see her initially getting treatment for that.
0: Yeah, I thought that was you bad. Yeah, it was bad? The idea of her having cancer is fine, but the whole scene where her and Darcy are talking, it's, again, it's just one big joke. Like you have cancer, you, you can't be serious for two seconds. You have cancer. You're stage four dying of cancer. And at no point did they let up on being funny. They uh, they hammered home the idea of it being a family film very hard. And just at no point was it did it take itself seriously.
1: Yeah, I agree that some of the ways that they were joking about that, like the stage four, out of how many stages? Four? I guess like that could be a joke people make. Um but yeah, it seems like we should have seen a little bit more, at least for the very initial introduction, we should have seen um like that struggle a bit more. But yeah, I agree with you, the basic idea of her having that cancer. uh, And that being a very like heavy thing to uh, bring into this film, I think, would work for sure, if they're able to find other ways to explore that, but they, it only really comes up at a few key points when, and I didn't really understand what the relationship was between her getting Mjolnir, but her also still having cancer. And then here and there, we see Like, the hammer drops, and then she's back in those uh, her, like, regular clothes instead of the Thor outfit. Um, And then she's, like, sick. But the moment she picks it up, the clothes come back on. She's, like, Mm -hmm. able to get some strength. But apparently having Mjolnir is preventing the cancer from getting treated. Like, that was what they were saying later in the film.
0: Which also doesn't make sense.
1: That's what I'm saying. I thought initially it was, like, okay, well, they're going with... She can only be powerful uh, with the hammer and with Thor, uh, like, being that mighty Thor. Um, but then they're saying, yeah, it's actually stopping her from getting better.
0: And that and would be after- fine if they explained it. Like, they, they just don't explain it. How is that preventing her from getting cancer? What is wh- what is it doing? Yeah, what like, like what do?
1: exactly would it be doing? And that was the other thing of why would, if that is the case, that it's somehow worsening the cancer or preventing the cancer from getting treated through regular medical uh, means, then why would Mjolnir call out to Jane so that she would come and pick it up. Yeah. And then just wield it around for a little bit while it's actually killing her slowly. you only have a
0: dick. <laughs> that's what I'm saying.
1: It Even Molnir's no
0: ultimate vengeance.
1: <laughs> Apparently. This
0: is what she gets for breaking Thor's heart. She gets yeah. got.
1: Yolnir held a grudge all that time. Um but yeah, I do think the like her getting Mjolnir. I guess if you really
0: wanted to stretch it out, you could say that she has stage four cancer, which we all know is terminal. It's like, what, a 1% chance of it not being terminal? It's it's definitely going to be terminal. And so the, the idea that it's preventing her from getting cancer is that it's physically like she's so preoccupied with the hammer that she isn't going to treatments. You could say it that way. But I feel like the way they were implying is that somehow millionaire is keeping the the chemo from working like i feel like that's what they were trying to imply but if they're trying to say that she's just too busy being thor to actually go get treated but then they could wrestle with the idea of like if she's gonna die anyway why wouldn't she want to die as thor like they don't wrestle with those ideas they just say she has cancer and that mjolnir can stop it but wait mjolnir isn't stopping it mjolnir is still killing her so she's still gonna die and that's right. it. And then there's no deeper levels. There's, it's just skimming the surface of emotional tension and not bothering to dive deeper.
1: Well, and they did have sucks. in that hospital scene when Thor was like, if there's a chance, you got to take it just stay here. But they framed it in a way where like, if she picked up Mjolnir one more time, like that was it, she was done for sure. Yep. And I don't know why that had to be a thing. <laughs> like why it was that she was such on the verge and of And then death. when
0: he sees her again, for the last time, he goes, Oh, Jane, no. Because he, he, he's like, like, the implication is that she has decided to just be Thor and then die. As if she's going, he knows she's going to die right then and there within five minutes. How? How do you know? I don't, it's just, it doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, there were some, and that was another thing that was a little frustrating about the film. I mean, at a certain point with, I mean, these big blockbuster family Marvel films, you would hope that they would have like sensible logical plotting to them yeah but i mean i guess it's getting too much to ask for because yeah the way we get from like point a to point b to point c in this film like my eyes just glaze over every time we start doing that because it just feels like comes out of nowhere with like them getting the distress signal at the beginning um from sif and then they go to sif and then she's she's dying but she has her arm cut off and then they use that for jokes as well like oh maybe your arm is in Valhalla um I was like wh- how did I just don't get it, how we got from there um and then we want to go to the god city in order to raise up an army of gods but that doesn't end up working out but amazingly they have the thunderbolt that also has the bifrost or something or maybe just allows him to travel no like quickly so that he was able to get to wherever eternity is um i like the center of the universe i guess yeah i i didn't really make sense either um yeah it was just it was weird how we were getting from point a to point b just like the most random way um without thinking about it too much um what did you think of the whole um thor mjolnir stormbreaker like that little love triangle thing
0: i also thought that was dumb (laughs) It's just now they have like feelings and emotions and they're, they're like, it just doesn't make sense. It's just very, very odd and it's just played for jokes. Right. I, don't know. I thought
1: I thought it was pretty amusing. Like those jokes I think were. I thought it was duh. funny
0: when he's holding Mjolnir and then Stormbreaker slowly works his way in the frame. Right. Staring at him. I thought it was kind of funny, but yeah. it still didn't make me laugh out loud. I did not lull in the theater, Ryan.
1: <laughs> Interesting. The um, but yeah, that gag I think was one of the more effective ones. Um, I do think it's dumb though. And let me know if this is actually what happened to your mm-hmm. recollection. But Stormbreaker is no longer able to like do the Bifrost thing properly mm-hmm. because of the jealousy of like Mjolnir and Thor being around each other again. Like, is that what they were doing? Yes, that's crazy to me that they said our plot point for why we can't immediately get to where we need to go. And therefore we need to like create this ship and then slap stormbreaker on it. And then somehow that's like creating the, it's like the engine of the ship. The reason we're doing that is because it's jealous of the other hammer. <laughs> I was like, why?
0: You know, what have made that? more sense. You know what? I just thought of a better, a better plot connector in my head just now is it in the fight that he has with gore gore takes a Necro sword and he he slices a chunk out of uh out of stormbreaker and now stormbreaker is faulty at least that would make more sense
1: yeah i think so too well that's because that's what i was thinking when i was trying to think back on it i was like did i miss something nope. in that fight where
0: nope like, they did
1: some weird thing with the, their swords and something happened but no i was like i think it legitimately was just because of the like jealousy thing. I don't yeah, know, maybe is, we did miss something, the, but yeah. This is weird.
0: the antithesis of your style, Ryan, where we talked about this in the Mud episode, where your style is trying to connect a lot, like all the characters to the one central theme mm-hmm. and do it effectively. This is trying to connect everything to the theme of love and then doing it unnecessarily. Trying to connect Stormbreaker to the theme of love and jealousy and doing it unnecessarily and just trying to make a joke out of it and then it just doesn't work, it doesn't land.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: right. I think it's dumb. <laughs> uh,
1: what did you think of Heimdall's son?
0: Ax- I thought the character was fine. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was fine. I thought the uh, the, yeah, floating the floating head, head though, looks terrible.
1: That was insane. Looks Couldn't believe.
0: it. Horrible. I could probably do that on my computer.
1: That's what I was thinking. I was like, have seen easily. I've seen meme videos. <laughs> Better than that, where they're, like, able to put, like, Bully Maguire into other films and stuff like that. Boy, that was crazy. That it looked that bad. Um, And they should have just cut it out. Like, they could have just had, like, the voice speaking to them once they saw the CGI and were like, no, we can't do that. Um, But, yeah, that is kind of crazy. With the massive budgets that they have, that the VFX is looking that poor. I mean, it's because they're overworking them and having them make essentially, like, half the film in post
0: oh it's way more than half
1: yeah i'm sure they have honest.
0: to do so much work and in such a short amount of time i've heard i've heard like news articles or read news articles where they said that marvel is the worst company to get a contract for visual effects work from just because mm-hmm. they're so obnoxious
1: <laughs> i'm sure uh what did you think of the breakup montage between thor and Jane?
0: I thought it was fine. I mean, you got to explain it somehow, I guess.
1: That is true. I thought it was a effective way to do it. I yeah, mean, it, I thought
0: it was fine. I was not upset by it.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then the Zeus stuff in the God City, Omnipotent City, I think is what they called it. Um, so, what do you think of that whole joint? What do you think of Russell Crowe?
0: Russell Crowe went for it, bro. You I bet. didn't think he would do it, but Russell Crowe really went for it, and I kind of liked him. He actually did kind of make me laugh. I thought it was yeah. funny just because he, he went so far.
1: He really like, did.
0: did not hold back. It was very much a surprise. I thought he was going to like try and take it a little seriously and he did not. He just went full goofy. It I was know, crazy. He, he knew. He also looked Dubai ridiculous. Was be... It was perfect. Like the, the, from start to finish, the way they designed him to the way he performed, it worked. It was solid.
1: Agreed, one hundred percent. I also loved the, the like theatrics of the thunderbolt, like yeah, his entrance. Where he's like
0: throwing it around for no reason, mm-hmm. just to be a douche.
1: I thought that was super cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that whole scene where I guess was,
0: I was surprised what? that they threw out orgy in a Marvel movie.
1: They said like, it three times. I was yeah. surprised.
0: <laughs> I was like, you're really hammering on the point of orgies being a thing in a Marvel movie, which is crazy.
1: I know. Yeah, for all it trying to be family friendly, the yeah the orgy thing, and then the way Chris Pratt was trying to explain like you gotta feel your feelings, Um, like both of those were not necessarily family friendly. But yeah, and also seeing the backside of Chris Hemsworth Mm -hmm. when he gets his robe taken off.
0: See, butts in PG thirteen movies.
1: I I mean, yeah, we certainly do, but uh, (laughs) that. (laughs) that that whole thing where suddenly we get the plot point of he's going to eternity mm-hmm. uh, which somehow zeus knew that he was going to eternity somehow and, uh, happened um and then we get the fight scene where they have to get thunderbolt since the gods aren't going to help and then they're going to thunderbolt uh, and then we see the cgi action which In parts it looked okay, but the other parts, like you could clearly see it was just a CGI model of Thor, like, flinging himself across the screen. Yeah. Um, And then there's gold blood spurting out of everyone, Um, which, again, I guess was just they wanted it to be, like, goofy, but um, not going overboard with it being red blood, because then that would be too much. So they get around it by having it be gold. I was like, okay. Not, not particularly interesting. Not the best. Um, later on, we get to see on the ship, Thor and Jane reconnect. He finally tells her, "Hey, hey. I want to feel feelings. Let's do something." And then she's like, "Hey, I have cancer." And then they end up saying, "Okay, we'll work together and we'll get to the end of this." And then they kiss. How did you feel about that? I felt it was a little fast, like the way that they just yeah. jumped to that.
0: Yeah, literally, it was very much a skip-through kind of thing. And they're also cutting between that and uh, Korg and uh, Valkyrie, Valkyrie having a comedy chit-chat to ease the tension that isn't even there. just <laughs> doesn't even, uh, just unbearable.
1: Right. And they also, again, to your point of them like trying to include love within other characters, like they have Korg pointing out that Valkyrie has also sort of closed herself off. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we don't really get any payoff to that that much nope like it's not like she gets she a romantic at partner one or of anything.
0: the zeus girls and then that's it
1: exactly so yeah it was just something else to throw in there um to seem like it's connecting to that but ultimately it didn't really connect because there was no time fleshing it out no wow. actual payoff to it um as you said as you said yeah it was mostly nope. just the comedic beat of pointing out mm-hmm. how she's like Going into these dalliances without any real emotion, without trying to form a relationship.
0: It seems like, it's, it, just, it feels like someone wrote like a full script and then someone at Marvel just took a pair of scissors and just started cutting it up. Just cut out scenes, and cut, 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 cut until they had a two hour and ten minute film that had a ABC and didn't need to make sense, but at least it was there. And they, because they know they'll make hundreds of millions of dollars off. Right, whether it's good or bad, it doesn't matter as long as it makes hundreds of millions of dollars.
1: They said, um, "Yeah, there's like a four-hour cut at one point because they did take it a lot. Uh, like Jeff Goldblum was supposed to be in it, Lena Headey was supposed to be in it, Peter Dinklage. So there was a lot more to the film, and they did not have to cut down dramatically. Yep. Um, and yeah, I guess that shows in some of these other scenes where, like, yeah, it felt like Thor and Jane they meet each other, they go to the God City, and they talk about her trying to come up with catchphrases. And then right after that, now they're getting back together. It seemed like there definitely was more to that like give and take, and then finally getting back together. Um, Let's talk about Gore the God Butcher, played by Christian Bale. So what did you think of this villain?
0: I think he's the best Thor villain. I mean, it's not a high bar, but... I think he's awesome. I agree. And that's was... me comparing him to Loki and Thor, not Loki and Avengers. Loki and Avengers is good. Loki in the first Thor movie is stupid. <laughs> gotcha. Um,
1: but yeah, but, I agree. Yeah, Thor's cool. I think he he was one of the best parts of the film by far. Probably the best part by far. Cause... I think he was the best part. Yeah. I mean, it's but... not saying
0: much, but I think he was the best part. Mm-hmm.
1: But I think they, I mean, said it well, again, it was a very simple, understandable way to set up his villain. But it works because you know from the get-go why he's doing what he's doing, Mm -hmm. what his mission is. Um, And then he's just allowed from that to really indulge in doing those villainous things that come along with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I liked the scene of him like doing the story time with the kids and freaking them out. That was cool. Um, Again, everything with the shadow realm like him being black and white when they go to the shadow realm everything becomes black and white except for the little splashes of color from yulnir the thunderbolt um, mm-hmm. i thought that worked really well yeah. and especially when he had them like tied up with his shadow monsters and he goes to like each of them and is taunting them and then at the very end just like choking valkyrie and uh jane out trying to get thor to call stormbreaker like that stuff i thought worked really well he seemed very sinister and all that stuff um so yeah i thought that was one part where well and then at some times they undercut it by like thor giving the joke of oh i'll call stormbreaker when you go to the dentist but for the most part i thought they they veered into a more serious tone there and it was able to stick
0: i think that had a lot to do with christian build performance and he for the most part did not lean into comedy like he did a little bit when he was torturing the kids but i think he towed a better line there i think he found a better balance than a lot of the other actors did you're right yeah
1: where russell crowe was like fully committing to the the gooey part thought of it. also
0: was fine because like yeah he came in and they're like you're supposed to be funny he's like got it and then just went for it
1: exactly yeah i like yeah it's in these other parts of the films that they weren't able to strike that tonal balance but that russell crowe character was supposed to be like fully goofy and this one was supposed to be fully serious and I think they were able to like that's why those two I think stand out the best because they were executing on what they're supposed to really well these other characters where they're having to shift in between these two states um in sort of clunky ways that's where it sort of falls apart but yeah gore the about gore the god butcher still a great name yeah that was great um so the climax of the film Thor again is able to talk to Jane Mm -hmm. apparently they come to agreement that look if you pick up that hammer one more time you're dead for sure 100 so
0: absolutely
1: yeah so don't pick up that hammer I'm gonna go and try and stop gore with this thunderbolt stop him from getting into eternity so he doesn't make a wish uh to kill all the gods so he does that he also has to free the kids and then one part I did like as well a lot was him like rallying the troops but they're just the little kids he's like go pick up these weapons uh just anything you can and then he gives them the power of thor uh and then their light their eyes all light up yellow and then they're able to take on the shadow monsters yeah i thought that was really fun
0: sure that was okay you didn't enjoy it Nah, that was okay (laughs) I I also know, I have the the wherewithal to know that all of those kids were Taika Waititi's kids, and Natalie Portman's kids, and and Chris Hemsworth's kids, and Christian Bale's kids. Like, it's their kids. I mean, how many?
1: (laughs) Surely not all of them. Not all of them,
0: but like the close-ups and stuff, it was just their kids. Like, I just don't feel like, it just felt like, it felt like they approached this group of creative people, Tygo O'Keefe like and Chris Hemsworth and all these other people, and they're like, we'll give you a shit ton of money to make a movie. It doesn't have to be good. And they said, bet. It does not have to be good, but we'll make you a movie. And then they came up with this. And I don't know. I just, the lack of seriousness behind it just like disturbs me. Like, I understand, get your bag. You know, if you're going to go make a Marvel movie, make sure that you get what you deserve. Get that money. A lot of filmmakers don't get to make that much money, and if you can, go for it. But also, do your best to try and still make a good movie. Like, Don't compromise because you you can.
1: Sure. I mean, I don't think anyone a part of the film would say that they were just phoning it in.
0: No. They were saying they were
1: trying to make a good film.
0: I'm sure Um, they were, but it felt, felt otherwise.
1: I think what they probably would say is they were trying to make a fun film first and foremost. Sure. Since that would be... Like in Waititi's mind, at least for a film like this, synonymous to good film, like enjoyable film. So -hmm. that's what they were going for. I also definitely don't hold it against them to like put their kids in the movies. I'm sure it was a fun day. Fun day on set to have all the kids there and then (laughs) it'd be funny, though, seeing Christian Bale's kids. They have to look at him with his like the teeth, whatever sort of like dentures they put in.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, but yeah, I think that whole scene worked with them getting little Thor powers, taking on the shadow monsters. Um, the one girl that had like the stuffed bunny, and then it's like shooting stuff out of its eyes. I thought that worked. I also think the uh, that's just because I like the song so much. But the November rain, oh sure, the needle drop for that, um, which they really went into the whole Guns and Roses this yeah, time around. But uh, I think they used them well because that part. I was into it, mostly because of the music, I'm sure. But yeah, it was great. Um, All right. And then we had the Jane showing up and then the confrontation. I did not know what was happening with like them breaking the sword and then it getting like sucked up into the pieces of Mjolnir, but not all of it because then someone was going back to the hilt of the sword. But then she smashes it down, and then that disintegrates the sword. I didn't know what was happening with that.
0: Yeah, but just seemed wild. seems
1: like they won. They saved the day there in terms of like stopping the necro sword, or whatever it was called. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Jane gets sick. He goes into the Eternity place, is able to try and make the wish. And then Thor, I guess, so it's the first person who gets in there that can make the wish, so he already would have been able to make the wish. Um, and then Thor and Jane are able to follow in, but they can't make the wish. But you think Thor could have tried to stop Gore, like, physically, like, go and take him down, preventing him from making the wish, if he still thought yeah. at that point that it was going to be, like, kill all the gods. But then he was like, no, I'm just going to say, hey, you kind of suck for this. You could just wish your daughter back. You don't have to do this. But I'm going go to spend my final minutes with the person I love. Um, and then Gore... Who, and was this another, like, thing that was established or just coming out of nowhere? Why is he dying? Like, we know the sword. They, they, say him, that the, is yeah,
0: they say that the sword is poisoning him and that those who wield the sword slowly be poisoned by its powers, I guess. So, like, if you so wield the sword too physically, long, Yeah, like, physically. As yeah.
1: well as spiritually?
0: Interesting. Yeah, I picked that up. I, I feel like that was well covered. It could have been probably better covered, but I feel like they did the job of saying that, like, the sword's killing me.
1: I guess, I mean, it made sense to me for sure that it would be corrupting him, but I don't know why he would necessarily have to kill him. But okay, sure, so he's like, I'm dying. And then he's like, I'm not gonna be able to take care of my daughter if I bring her back. And then Jane like says, oh, she'll be cared for and looks up at Thor, implying that Thor will be able to take care of the kid. Mm -hmm. And so he wishes for the daughter back. They get to say goodbye. Jane dies and disintegrates do gold dust, gold powder. Why?
0: Because she's a god.
1: <laughs> like, why did that happen? I don't understand. That's
0: how gods die um, in battle, and they go to Valhalla. Uh,
1: maybe. Well, and she then, actually
0: does go to Valhalla. You said what? In the in the second uh, post credit scene.
1: Oh, yeah, I didn't stay for the second. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I didn't
0: either. But that's 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 what I've been told is that it's a joke scene where she's in Valhalla now
1: uh see the reason i don't because the second post credit scene is always these joke scenes
0: now yeah
1: and yeah i'm not i can look that up later or hear about it somewhere else i'm not gonna stick around for yeah,
0: the gags six minutes of credits
1: yeah um so then the final scene we have thor as a dad he is mm-hmm. making pan flaps and flaps. pancakes i don't know why that was brought up but what's worse inside
0: flap? out sandwich from Lightyear <laughs> yeah. or pan flaps from thor Lord, thor love and Bun there, which one's worse
1: the inside out sandwiches for sure but at least that seemed to at least the name there makes sense for what they were doing mm-hmm. i don't know why pan flaps i mean i guess they're flappy but you're not flapping around while you're trying to eat them i don't get it um you
0: flap them <laughs> <laughs> that's the
1: only way to eat it, is you you put the syrup and the butter on it and then you just flap sure. it and hope yeah. it stays on <laughs>
0: you you gotta whip it onto it so you're flapping <laughs> them around and then you flap them into your face and try to eat them
1: <laughs> exactly um so yeah and then we we see them getting ready to go out and fight these random kind of creatures of, say what
0: they're on some kind of spaceship god knows what spaceship
1: yeah on some spaceship and then they're on some planet and then they're joining some fight that's happening for some reason she's wielding stormbreaker he's wielding yulnir again um and yeah and that that's the end they are love and thunder apparently that's what the name refers to she the girl is love he is the thunder uh so what would you think of him becoming this adoptive father
0: it came out of left field that's what i was thinking i I was like it seemed very odd i thought it seemed very odd that she could shoot lasers out of her eyes or something Mm -hmm. is that what she did Am I, am I correct in saying that? Is she I shot lasers out of her eyes? remember.
1: At the very end? When they yeah. were like doing the hero yeah. launching jump?
0: She did some kind of heroic thing. I think it was lasers out of her eyes. She did something where it was like, that's a power you did not have before. And also, how was she able to wield these weapons? Right. Is there uh, an in, explanation?
1: In terms of... I don't know if Stormbreaker has like a specific you have to be worthy type it's thing. It's still a big, heavy know.
0: axe. So she that's has the super thing strength. I was thinking.
1: I was like... Unless she just, yeah, has an incredible amount of strength for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't think she'd be able to wield that. It's like they're
0: trying hammer. to imply that she's actually Thor's daughter, but we're like, you just showed us that it's Gore's daughter. Like, we know right. that this is Gore's daughter, and Gore is a person who had zero powers until he became the god killer with the Necro Sword. So she's just a normal person who can now shoot lasers out of her eyes and wield Stormbreaker, a very heavy act. Mm-hmm. What? Doesn't yeah. make sense there's no it's not even like he gives her like the powers of thor like he did to the other kids
1: right and on that note was that has he always been able to do that where he can just like make a vow to mjolnir no, it's first time and then mjolnir is able to able to get picked up by jane or call out to jane so he can make people yeah. pick up his hammer if he wanted to and he can also give powers to these kids randomly um, without taking away from his own power, presumably, since he was still able like, to fight perfectly fine. Why I hasn't he just what? been doing that all the time to every yeah, Asgardian uh, and to every like Avenger whenever they had other stuff going on? Like, if he could have just buffed them during the fight, I don't know why know. he would have been doing that. Um, but yeah, the uh, him becoming the dad thing, I was like, this whole film was him, and I guess they're trying to go the way of like, oh, open your heart up. So he's going to open his heart up and like take on this daughter and love her. But this man was going through like this crisis throughout the entirety of the thing. They make him out to be a buffoon most of the time. He was sort of botching the initial like speech that he was giving immediately Uh after all the kids get kidnapped. Uh, I guess later on when he was rallying the kids, he was able to actually give like a proper speech and encourage them to, you know, fight inspire them since they were like we're just kids we can't do anything and he's like here i'll give you part of my power so you'll be able to do anything really um but they they had sprinkled in these little nods to this ending of him becoming a dad where korg specifically says oh i think Thor would be a good dad they had uh in the hospital scene with jane or maybe before it i don't know she was saying oh he's going to use the kids to distract you which I was like, are you not yourself concerned about the kids, Jane? Like, why would you think Thor would be any more worried about those kids than you would be? Also, how would he use the kids to distract Thor? I
0: don't that wouldn't know. also it's work for, like, very any other messy. kids. It's very messy.
1: But Yeah, so they try to sprinkle in that stuff of, like, oh, he has, like, this connection to kids, or he's going to be good with kids. And that, like, didn't come through, actually. Like, I feel like the way he interacted with the kids is just the way anyone else would like any other hero would be trying to reassure them and be like guys we're gonna get you out of this yeah. um, like i don't know if it, there's any special like sort of drive for thor to become a father he's also certainly never expressed that desire at any time before um so i just don't know why why that would happen
0: yeah i thought it was just super messy came out of nowhere useless just really useless didn't fit the theme they're trying to match i don't know it's just
1: didn't work also yeah and if it's just so that
0: because the the girl is chris hemsworth's daughter and so that chris hemsworth's daughter can also be Thor.
1: wow so she is actually chris hemsworth's daughter i thought she was like like, one of the extra kids that were captured but she was oh Oh, that's crazy i mean that's cute i think it's nice that they were able to fit that in
0: but, but it's also, you know, it's so that she can be Thor now.
1: Yeah. Which, if Gore asked Thor, which I don't know if it was a personal like request of you yourself, if have to gore take care of. If Gore
0: asked Thor for more, <laughs> how many boars? I don't. I ran out.
1: You're no Princess Carolyn, apparently. I'm not. She would have a field day with that. Thor gore, more, for galore, galore. Indoor implore. Yeah, I don't know, something. Um
0: Is Thor implored Gore for more. <laughs> I bet I could come up with a really good <laughs> one.
1: Yeah. Do it. Um so the uh the whole like Gore asking Thor to take care of the daughter, I don't know if that was a specific like you yourself, Thor, the man has to do this. Mm. Um, I think just generally was like, make sure she's taken care of, please. Um Thor could have just like given this girl to like an actual adoption agency or something so she's taken care of. Instead, he's recruiting her to be like his sidekick now, like become another Thor, which again, if she doesn't have any established powers.
0: Doesn't make sense. It
1: seems weird to now have your, like train this daughter or this like daughter figure to be a a warrior to go around with you and enter battles and whatnot. Um, It seems like there's better ways to take care of her and make sure she's safe than to do that. The other thing is, so is, if Thor ever comes back, either in his own movie or in the next crossover thing, is she, she's now just going to be with him this whole time? She's going to be another Thor? We're going to have him the her and then the Thor daughter no to help out?
0: I have no clue.
1: Because they're sort of like, they have to go that direction. Then
0: I don't care about any of these movies anymore. <laughs> I think they're all bad now. Who cares? Let's move. We've all become too saturated with superhero content. They clearly don't care about making content that's good anymore. So why would we continue to watch?
1: Well, you become entirely disillusioned with this comic book stuff. The right more after... I
0: see their stuff, the more I'm like, you just don't care anymore. If you don't care, I'm not going to care. You just mm-hmm. want to make money off of me. That's it. It sucks. It used to be at least telling good stories, imploring like creative people to make a good product that they could sell to a very high markup. But now it's just like, we know you'll pay anything to see any movie. We know you'll do it. So we'll make whatever we want. Won't be good. Doesn't need to be good. And you'll still give us money. It's made Mm -hmm. 500 million worldwide already
1: indeed um yeah again i'm i don't know if i'm going to identify their motives as so in such a cynical way to be like oh they're just making things just they're evil
0: ryan <laughs> they are it, sinister
1: i think it's clear that like at least some or most of the people attached do think that they're like oh trying to make a good story or at least something enjoyable something that will connect with people um, but i would agree that there's definitely been a dip in the quality and i think because it is such an established franchise and because they think they can do so much like with all the disney plus shows as well um that it will be able to just sustain itself and continue chugging along the way it has been like in those first few phases but yeah i don't think it cuts it anymore just have the like marvel logo have the familiar character show up have cameos and references throw in jokes, and then believe that that'll make for a good time. It's like I think a it recipe. Yeah. Like they're following a
0: recipe for disaster.
1: Yeah. It's getting to the point where it does, there does need to be like an additional substance to it.
0: Yeah. James Gunn is the last hope.
1: For Guardians 3? Yep. That's your, yeah. Because you, I mean, I remember at the beginning yeah. of the year, you were you were not about it. You didn't want to do any of the shows on the comic book movies. And now that we've seen them, you're even more strongly opposed
0: because they're just as bad as i knew they would be they're just as bad the i'm very interested i'm interested to see black panther just because i want to see how they fix you know the problem mm-hmm. and i am interested to see uh Guardians of the act three because james gunn is the last hope james gunn is the last filmmaker who i trust to at least try and make something that is good and if it is good, congratulations. They made one more good one before they delved into to mediocrity. But if you make something bad, then that's it. The spell is cast, and Marvel no longer matters. So we will find out next year with Guardians of the Galaxy 3.
1: Wow. a Grim outlook from this once-strong Marvel fan.
0: Yeah, man. It's just a bummer. Just a big bummer. Indeed.
1: Uh yeah talking about the future of the MCU that you do not want to be uh, a part of Hercules was the first post credit scene. Do you think that's ever going to mount to anything? I mean certainly you won't I no care for it, but I don't think it's ever even going to actually come back around. Yeah, unless I don't they we're do ever gonna see
0: Hercules ever again. Yeah. Why would we? What would he be in? When would he show up? Why would he show up? What does it matter? Why do they always set up, char- instead of like setting up a character, like you actually set up a character by introducing them into a story, why do they always just throw in a famous actor into a role in a, in a post-credits cameo scene to set something up that isn't even going to happen? Look at Harry right. Styles as Eros. Now look at the Ted Lasso guy as Hercules. What, Bright Goldstein, what does what it, it even matter? What, who cares? Honestly, let, let the actors and the filmmakers just go in make their money get their bag they've earned it they deserve it and then make whatever they want and don't be surprised that it's bad you can't be surprised anymore that it's gonna be bad It just it is what it is i'm not surprised in the least that anything that the mcu makes is bad anymore just not surprised
1: the other thing with the mcu future um, i was wondering are they going to try and go for a young avengers thing or something like that because in almost all of these most recent properties, it's been some some kid who's gotten orphaned and then gets cared for by the uh, the hero. We had that with America Chavez. Um, we've got it now with, I don't know what her name was, but Chris Hemsworth's daughter, Gore's daughter. Um, they have like Miss Marvel. Up-
0: They're setting up the next generation that way they don't have to reboot. They can just bring in a new group of young actors because the other actors are getting old and they don't want to do it anymore. They've been doing it for 10 years. They want to go and do other things. That's why Robert Downey Jr. is gone. That's why Chris Evans is gone. That's why Chris Hemsworth is going to be gone soon. They want to do other projects. They want to spend time with their family. I don't blame them. It's getting tiring, I'm sure. And so now they have to bring in a fresh round of actors to take on new characters to continue the franchise that's it true. that's the way the business works they have the bishop franchise business.
1: with the hawkeye uh, yeah. one i wish they would not just have them be like carbon copies of like having the same power set um well moves. that's what
0: to be fair that's what comic books do as well
1: i know but the comic books also can just infinitely reboot the actual character themselves like it's true people will always prefer batman and superman and iron man and Captain America then whatever counterpart takes up the mantle afterwards mm-hmm. um, and it's those can make for good stories for sure um, it just in these the way Marvel is adapting them yeah it just is very clearly a oh well we're losing Robert Dunn Jr or we're losing uh, Chris Hemsworth at some point we're losing Jeremy Renner so let's mm-hmm. just throw in um, one of those characters that will take up the role of Iron Man or Hawkeye or Thor yeah. Um so yeah,
0: do you think that in our lifetime we'll see a reboot of the MCU? Like I mean, they'll just start over.
1: Our lifetime is gonna be long. It I is. So yes,
0: they've also they dug themselves in so deep at this point. They've like committed to these characters being these actors being the characters.
1: That's true. And at but...
0: one point, like there's gonna be a point where they stop making Marvel movies, and then like after like ten or fifteen years, they're like, we're gonna do it again. We're gonna start over, and you're gonna pay money to see it all again.
1: Yeah, I think I don't know if they'll
0: because DC they'll just keep rebooting it. They'll just do it over and over and over again. We'll see a bunch of Batman, we'll see a bunch of Superman, we'll see a bunch of Wonder Woman. They'll just keep having over and over and over and over until they get it right, or they just keep going. Right. They don't care about rebooting; they'll do it in a heartbeat. But Marvel right. seems very dead set on not rebooting if they can.
1: Yeah, well, I think they definitely, given Fantastic Four and X Men, they're going to be able to breathe new life into the like cinematic universe. So they're yeah. gonna be able to explore new things. Um so for the next at least for the rest of this decade, they're certainly going to continue the path of do what we can. Then they're gonna try, as long as superhero fatigue that has affected you hasn't affected the rest of the general population. They're gonna to try to continue with those younger stars that they've set up and hope that they'll be able to carry forward something. Um, but at a certain point the genre There's no way it'll be able to sustain itself for that long. I mean, it's had an incredible run. It's still going. It's still growing. But at a certain point, the genre is going to have to die and be left alone for a bit.
0: Do you think they'll try and reboot a whole new cinematic universe or do you think Marvel Studios will just become one-off movies where they reboot individual characters to do individual stories?
1: Uh, I just don't see... how they would be able to recreate a cinematic universe because they've already done that and they've done that well like the infinity saga
0: is awesome
1: the missteps that they did have in it i think are overshadowed greatly by the incredible finale they were able to give you're not gonna be able to recapture that they may try um but at that point feige won't be a part of it we'll see if they'll have like a whoever would be the head of it i think they would probably want to just go in a route of let's not try to emulate something that we will never be able to recreate
0: Let's just try and get more famous actors and take and do like like I guess like what comic books usually do is they'll do they'll bring in different filmmakers to take on different adaptations of the same character. That's what DC does, you know, they reboot Batman with different filmmakers so you can get a different version every ten years or so. And exactly. Marvel Marvel will probably just start doing that. You'll get a new Iron Man every ten years or a new right. Thor every ten years just to get a different, you know, feel for it. But that'll be a very strange feeling to see different actors play these characters.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: If that ever happens. I do think,
1: I do think on DC's side, at mm-hmm. some point we will see a reboot of like their entire universe. Like trying, they, tried, they will
0: yeah. like go dead set and try to make a cinematic universe. Exactly. And because try and they, stick to
1: it. yeah, because they tried and they didn't really succeed. And so now yeah. they're at the point of, they're doing one-offs here and there. And they somewhat have a continuity, but not really. So at a certain point, I think they'll... Like maybe once Marvel expends their, like X Men and Fantastic Four stuff mm-hmm. over this next decade, once the MCU like dies or is completed, mm-hmm. um, but they're gonna try and milk it until it dies. I think DC will then try to fill in that gap by establishing their own.
0: That'd be a good cinematic move. universe. Wait for Marvel to falter out and then you come in with an actual quality cinematic universe taking yeah. place. That would be a good move on DC's part. Maybe that's what they're waiting for, and they just keep doing one offs to, you know, keep the lights on, and then. When that happens, they can swoop in and make all the money. Good for them. That'd yeah. be cool. I have always wanted to see like a really well, like fleshed out DC universe, and it just never happens.
1: Exactly. So yeah, the I'll... DCU. There you go.
0: The DCCU.
1: <laughs> DC Cinema, Yeah. Instead of the DCEU, DCCU, that can work. Um. Okay. So what is your rating for this? Which I'm should be give the rating
0: Two and, and a half, half Thunderbolts. What? Two and a half bad Greek accents.
1: <laughs> Two and a half bad Greek accents. I'm going to concur with that. I'm giving it
0: 2.5. Hell yeah. All right. We've hit an hour. We've talked about Thor Love, and Thunder. We are done with it. Only got one more Marvel movie to talk about this year. And then we can finally be done with it. That is all the time we have. If you'd like to give your thoughts on the show or make a suggestion for the movie of the week, you can email us at theboxofficeshow at gmail.com.
1: Our main main title theme for the show. Our main title theme. Doing some sort of accent. I'm trying to rival Russell Crowe's. Our main title theme for the show is Sundown by Joseph McDay.
0: Be sure to tune in next week. Have a good rest of your week.